Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well on this Thursday uh, afternoon. On this week's show, then we'll be looking back at the midweek defeat uh, up at Lincoln, the end of Mickey Apple's unbeaten start uh, in charge of the Addicts. And we will look ahead to the game uh, with Bolton uh, at the Valley this Saturday, a real test in SE7. Uh, joining me to do... Those two things first up, uh, top right is Nathan Muller. Hey, Dan, Yeah, living the dream, mate. See, um, see we, were, we had a nice little unbeaten run when I was away. And as soon as I come back, we lose. So, bodes well for Saturday. Yeah, well, we, we know exactly who the weak link is um, in, 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 in the club. And, and his name is Nathan Muller. Uh, so, good to have you back. Uh, another man who did go away. And to be fair, it's not long after he's come back that we started losing as well. It's Tom Wallen. Maybe we should just get rid of the pair of you, Tom. Disagree. Disagree. I was here at the weekend. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I was happy Nathan was back until he reminded me that we've just lost a game since he was back. So uh, yeah, shame. Maybe I won't bother with Saturday now. Yeah, maybe we should just... Uh, there is a way I can remove Nathan from the studio, actually. If I'd, yeah, <laughs> so on uh, this evening's show, uh, we, won't, we won't have the goals uh, from Lincoln. You'll be pleased to hear that the recording failed, so we won't go through that torture. We will hear uh, the reaction from uh, Mickey Apples. We're going to hear from you guys as well. Good evening to everybody joining us in the live chat. The likes of Sam. Uh, Alex is in there, Paul, uh, Andrew, all hell let loose, uh, and Jay, uh, who says, evening chaps, doom and gloom again. Yeah, well, it is uh, a first defeat, so, we, you know, one one eye over our shoulder at the relegation zone again now, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's a first defeat in, uh, what was it, seven or eight games now. We look back and and we see how we react to it. That's the, the most important thing. Uh, we will look ahead to the game with Bolton. We've got a Bolton fan joining us uh, later on. Ryan from uh, Trotter Chatter uh, is going to tell us all about Ian Everts' side. Uh, and we'll look ahead to it from a Charlton point of view as well. Um, so we haven't got the goals then, Nave. We'll start at the top. We have to look back at the game uh, on Tuesday. Uh, so it was a first defeat in eight league games, uh, a first defeat in seven for Michael Appleton. Uh, and it had started so well, but it, it turned into a bit of a, a bit of a chastening evening for us. Yeah, it did. I uh, was just saying off air, start, the beginning of the game, I was really excited. You know, I thought we controlled the game. I thought it was doing really well. They didn't really do much apart from their right back seemed to play like Danny Alves prime. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a weird one, really. Yeah, we started well. And then as soon as they scored, it seemed to me anyway, that um, we just sort of lost our way a bit. We just sort of stopped doing the things we were doing. We were losing all the battles. We were second balls. We were giving away sloppy passes. And we just couldn't seem to recover from... Um, that mindset, and I don't know if it's if it's a if just one of those off days or it, it's a mental thing. But on the day, it really felt like it was a bit of a shock. Not saying they get they got complacent because you know Lincoln aren't a bad side at home. So, but it seemed like they just lost their way a bit, and it was a bit of a strange one as the game wore on. It just got from bad to worse. And by the end of it, you're looking back going, oh, we've got away with one because they could have had more. If we'd be honest about it, they could have had a lot more goals. So. Yeah, disappointing. I'm, you know, no panic stations yet. It's we got to, it is what it is, and we've just got to take it on the chin and then move on to Saturday. But we've got to be better in, you know, with the, the fixtures we're coming up against a very good Bolton side on Saturday, and even after that. Um, so yeah, it's bumping the road, but yeah, no panic stations yet for me, mate. Yeah, we'll look at the minute details of the of the goals we conceded of how we played, Tom. But I mean, George's comment in the chat there, crazy how one bad result can change uh, so much after such a good run. Another loss on Saturday and we're almost back to where we were a month ago. 76 Rufus saying the apple is crumbling. Uh, we are rotten to the core. I mean, just any excuse to get the apple puns in, of course. But yeah, it, it certainly dented, you know, a, a good feeling because, you know, the, the much used phrase is, is a new manager bounce. Now, I think statistically there's no such thing as a new manager bounce, but sometimes when a new bod comes in, you do get 
a bit of a lift, a bit of a shake-up, and, and we certainly had that. Um, we can't let one defeat derail us, but obviously it, it might have been a bit of an eye-opener for, for Michael, who's, who, on the whole, has seen the team defending better. We've had our moments, certainly, um, but he, he probably got to see for the first time what we're really capable of, if that's the right phrase, um, at times at the back. Yeah, or or incapable of. Um, and I think you're right. It, it's the first bump for him that he's had to overcome, or first first proper serious one. I like Nath. I'm not. I'm not overly concerned. We said going into it, our away form isn't brilliant. Now I, I argued that actually under Apples, those two results on Shrewsbury maybe less so, but draw at Stevenage at the time was was okay. Of course, you want to get a result there, but you know a point is better than none. But um, our home form's very, very good, and and we're back at home. I know it's against a very good Bolton side who are, who are looking to go up as well. And obviously, your away games still count, and you need to try and get some points on the board. But I'm not overly concerned. I think the 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 concerning point is that it's the same mistakes. You look at it; it's the same players, and it's the same sort of errors that are being made by those same players. And that's disappointing, particularly off the back of lots of the positive things we've said about some of them. Uh, Hector being obviously a prime example there, where Actually, he started to look a little bit better the last few weeks. So for someone like him, you just don't want this to dent that that momentum, as you say. So it was a disappointing performance all round. I think other than the, the goal we scored, it was a disappointing way to concede three goals. But if we'd have lost that in the middle of this little run and we'd gone and won two or three either side of it, we'd probably be looking at this and going, do you know what, Michael Appleton started well. So... I'm not at panic stations or anything like that, but it's important that we bounce back from that and um, sort those errors out, which is something we were talking about under Dean as well. And maybe, although they've been slightly less frequent, that's still something that needs to get sorted. Yeah, I mean, the most confusing thing about it was, as Michael says here, after a good start, they took that personally and just played better. Uh, Annoying and quite frankly rude of them. I mean... Those first 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe, I was, I was, fly- like, well, I thought we were flying. I was like, oh, oh goodness me, have we, have we actually found a, a formula on the road? You know, we've, we've put those slow starts that we've had recently behind us. We scored a fantastic goal. Um, you know, the ball through from Fraser, exactly the sort of thing I keep saying, that's exactly what we want ever so slightly more of. That's what we got. You know, Tyrese Campbell uh, darting into the box on, on the other channel and getting the cross in. You know, Alfie May doing what Alfie May does. I was really excited after that start. So it, it's, it's where, when when I was there in the stadium, now I mean, who scored said that Lincoln were playing three four three, but it was it was quite obvious after about twenty minutes that when they were out of possession, they had a proper flat back five. Now you can always see a, a flat five compared to a three five two. You know, I've, I used to always moan about people calling uh, a three five two a, a five three two, but you can tell when the when the wing backs or whatever are in line with the, with the three, and it makes a flat five, and that's what Lincoln went to. All of a sudden, that space we found in behind on the channels was completely gone, Nath. And and that, for me, was the turning point of the game. And and we didn't react to that at all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Not uh, now or near there, mate. It's um, early doors. We were doing those cross-field passes in between the the wing-back and the centre-halves or the the wider centre-halves of the two. Uh, Most of which, when we we had Sean Clare, that was one of his weaknesses when he was playing as 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 either a wing back or right of the centre half. It was those balls that was catching him out. And Corey was getting a lot of space, getting a lot of getting a lot of joy, and so was TC. Um, the movement was good and they couldn't really do they couldn't really handle us in that first opening minutes. And then as you say, they've sort of switched it over, condensed that space. And then we struggled really. We were playing in front of them and that's what they exactly what they wanted us to do. Um, and when you when you as you say when you've got that flat back fire you're relying on another sort of Scott Fraser pass like that to open them up. And that's not going to happen every time you get a ball. So I thought they changed, changed their shape and they actually um, obviously nullified us. And after that, really, I can't really remember TC and Corey getting any sort of impetus in a game. Um, so, you know, fair play to Lincoln for doing that, but that's a time where if it doesn't work, then you go have a plan B and you go, right, they've nullified that one. What's our next one? Um, what do we do next? And we just didn't, we sort of run out of ideas as the game wore on really and confidence just sort of drained away it seemed. Um, but yeah, exactly what you said, mate, when they changed the shape, we had, didn't really have an idea of what to do next. Yeah, I mean, good, good and fair point from Jim in the chat. It seems that most of our supporters think we're the best team in the division when we win and then think we're the worst team when we lose. The correct answer is somewhere in between. And uh, yeah, we've been going through that for a couple of years now. That's what happens when you're, when you're a mid-table side 
And I'm not I'm not saying we are yet. We're still sort of learning a bit about what we are. Um, but certainly last season, you know, we, we'll have a, a good little run. We'll, we'll score some goals. Then we'll have a bad little run and, and, and give away mistakes. And that, that, in a way, has been what we have had this season. But sort of more more to the extreme where we started really badly other than the opening day win and then and then we went on a really good run and now we've sort of thrown the towel in again a bit with on Tuesday. I mean that was the point that that Michael said in the interview, which we'll hear it shortly, but just to paraphrase what he said, he was sort of questioning the desire and the belief in his team that once we went behind that they could get back into it. And now, you know, character and all that, that was something we were speaking about a lot last season, you know, not coming from behind. Michael mentioned it himself. Um, but it felt like we, we'd installed a bit over the last few weeks, a couple of wins from behind Tom. So, I mean, that, that was the bit that stood out for me, the fact that that belief did seem to drain after a while and we, we quickly ran out of ideas. And the fact that the manager just picked it up this early um, was was noticeable and, and, and obviously still something he, he feels like he needs to work on. Yeah, and for him to say that at this stage is is one of the more concerning aspects of Tuesday night, I think. As you said, we've had those comebacks and we hadn't done that for well over a year. So there is proof that they can do it in the right circumstance. But going back to what Naif said, uh, or what you both said, really, when they changed their shape, we just didn't have an answer for them. So let alone the fact that we the goals we conceded were very, very poor on both a shape level and an individual mistake level. Going forward, we then suddenly offered nothing. And me and you and Benji were talking on Sunday about will TC get a run out? Will he start? Will we be able to have that pace on both sides? And for a while, obviously, in that first half, we did. But they changed their shape and that kind of nullified that. So I think in terms of them getting the ball down and playing, I'm, I'm still not too concerned. I know I've just said that we struggled that night, but I don't think that's a an endemic problem. I do wonder about the character more generally about them, but I, I think that's probably more just because... We don't really know them enough. You know what you're going to get from Dobson. You can tell from Alfie May that he's got that sort of character in him. A lot of them are just very, very young, very raw. They probably just want to just want to get on the ball and play football. So those sort of leaders, you know, the Jason Pierce's, the Johnny Jackson's, people like that that can really drive you through games where you're getting a bit stuck like we were on Tuesday night. I'm not sure where that is. Like Nave says, we might have somebody who can pick a magical pass, but have we got someone who can just grab them all and go, do you know what? We're going to go on and we're going to get something from this game. And as I say, I think there's one or two in there, but maybe we need a few more. So look, that's the squad he's got. I think, again, going back to Jim's point, I don't think we should be too over the top about this. We've got a squad of pretty good players, um, upper mid-table at worst, I would like to think. But the character plays a big part in that. And Michael Apperson coming in, I don't want to be too stereotypical and just base it on how he looks and his attitude compared to Dean Holden. But Dean Holden obviously had that sort of very friendly, very amenable, getting involved with the fans, all of that sort of culture about him. Whereas Michael Apton seems to have less of that with the fans and maybe a bit more straight-laced and a bit more hardened. And if that is the case, that's some adapting that's needed from the players. So, yeah, I think it's a very valid point. I don't think it's something we need to be too worried about unless we now go two or three where this keeps happening and it looks like the players can't handle the pressure, in which case... I think we've got bigger concerns. Mm, yeah, I got chatting to a couple of Lincoln fans who sat just in front of the press box on Tuesday night. And, and yeah, they, they mentioned uh, the, the Mickey Apples not being one to really engage with the fans at all. And I was sort of saying like, yeah, well, we've, we've just had the exact opposite of that. Um, but I know which one you'd rather have. You'd rather have the success and, and a, a manager who sticks two fingers up to the crowd after every win for no reason. <laughs> like you, you, you know what you want. Um yeah, Luke's saying um, we got totally outplayed, didn't we? A little reality check, but important we bounce back on Saturday now. Uh, Aaron showed our weaknesses uh, incredibly easy for Lincoln. We have a real issue away from home. We can talk about the away form, but this is a great point from Sam. I feel the main reason why we reached uh, uh, after six games unbeaten, we thought we'd finally sorted a few things out, uh, but we can't excuse the way we perform. I mean, was there any complacency in that in that defensive display on Tuesday? Because, you know, we, we had we felt grown a little bit defensively but I mean that was a, a, all over the place on, on Tuesday night you know we talk about Lass Sorensen who, who um, as Luke has mentioned had 11 shots on our goal himself which is incredible we, we definitely had games where we haven't had 11 shots on target uh, or even on goal um, you know he, he was in behind Thomas on, on one side I think they, they were getting in behind the same way a little bit possibly the, the chap that scored the third wrote Roffin um, a bit um, you know the 
the tracking back we, we've had issues with for the the first goal I mean not tracking back Jones for the first goal just went for a header completely missed it and to be fair it was a weldy touch from Adelaide to turn and finish the second one you know in behind Thomas Hector losing his man in the middle and then being five yards off him the third goal was just a calamity you know I think it was a Simway and Chem between them lost the ball Dobson and Hector both put in some some pretty weak challenges unfortunately particularly Hector's one um, and yeah, it was a good finish. Uh, there was another moment we picked up, Nath. Uh, if you look at the sky highlights, it's the shot that's well saved by Ashley Maynard Brewer, and then the geezer puts the rebound into the side netting. And, and uh, I think it was Joe sent it to us and say, just spot the tracking back from Hector here. So we're watching it, we're watching the, the game progress, and you see all the defenders get back, bar Hector. Then you see the midfielders get back. Then you see the guy have the shot. Then you see the guy palm it wide then you see Hector stroll into shot from about 30 yards outside the box it, there were moments we were like come on where's the concentration where's the where's the running that we need if, if we're going to go to away games and, and pick something up you know a hard place like Lincoln to, to go yeah exactly and I've been saying it for for a while now we don't uh, Tom touched on it earlier is that we don't really for me don't have any real leaders and I think if you look at the team in terms of seniority You'd say Michael Hector is probably one of the most senior players we have. And I'm listen, I know he's not been great recently. I know he's had good games. I know he's had bad games. I know he's very splits a lot of opinion. But you'd be expecting him to be one of the main ones, cajoling everyone, making sure they concentrate, making sure we could, you know, they communicate all the time. And we had it with set pieces, we don't communicate. It just seems like we're a bit at sea at the moment. And we had that we had that little bit of stability, didn't we? Where we we're all questioning, going, right, we need to settle back four, we need to settle two centre halves just to get a build that relationship. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one it's one game. So like I said, I'm not not going too too overboard, but we just gotta look at ourselves and he can't to be fair, he can't do nothing now till January. I know we've got Lucas Ness there and we've got James Abanqua there, but they're still quite young players. So I don't really know where it's where it's going. Well, I know it's going wrong, but I don't know if it's complacency because it's not like we're smashing the league and, you know, keeping clean sheets for fun. We was one new up. Anything can happen in a game. And we just seem to, our heads seem to go down, which was weird considering, you know, the Blackpool game where we came from 2-0 down and, a you know, a comprehensive win against Reading. They, they had their chances as well, to be fair. But it's just a bit weird how it, they just sort of lost all motivation after, after they equalised and then... As I was saying earlier, loose passes, as you were saying, no tracking. It's just a bit weird. Um, and obviously, Appleton come out and said there was a few performances that that weren't up to scratch, um, obviously. But it's just a bit strange, mate. I can't really put my finger on. And it's just the case that I don't know which Charlton team are going to, you know, turn up. Are we going to have a poor first half and a wicked second? Or is it going to be a, you know, it's just a bit all, I don't really know what to expect from us at the moment just that there yeah. are mistakes in that team. Yeah, uh, certainly. And, and like I say, you know, I, I, I went on the Bolton pod yesterday and, and we've probably said it on pretty much every show this season. If if we're not going to be challenging this year, it'll be the, the back end of the pitch. And, you know, a, a couple of good weeks, even when we still gave up chances, you know, that, that swallow doesn't make a summer, as Lee Johnson was saying this week after Fleetwood's win at, at Reading, because uh, he loves his sayings, doesn't he? Um, Scott Jones saying, I don't understand how we look so tired after just a week off for internationals, or was it just laziness? And they look so much better all over the pitch that the defence will get will get the blame. Yeah, I mean, a couple of people have asked, you know, Fraser, Jim saying Fraser is so overrated, does one good thing followed by 20 mediocre things. If we're really serious about getting out of the division, we need better players than him. You know, did him and Dobbo after the after the first 10 minutes have enough of a say on that midfield? Uh, again, is that is that an away day midfield? Is that is there enough there, Tom, to, to go and be sturdy on, on away games? I don't think so. And I think the fact that it's an away day midfield, as you've just said there, is a very, very good point because I think a midfield like that or like we've seen at home with, with Watson and, and Dobbo, very effective, very effective, and, and you can lead and you can be on the front foot. But when you're playing away from home, you need a bit of grit and you need to set up slightly differently. So maybe Appleton has to take a look at that as well. Uh, there, there are elements, I think that point is well made. There are elements of Fraser's game I think are very good, but a little bit like Corey up until this season, you just don't see it consistently enough. I think uh, since Watson's come in alongside Dobbo, he's, look, he's looked much more consistent and sort of playing at a a sort of seven out of ten minimum, 
throughout the games that I've seen. I think Fraser, you get moments of ten, and then you get moments of of two or three. So, and in this, even in this division, however weak we we think it might be, um, and obviously we might need to revisit that the way things are going or potentially, um, you, you can't really get away with that. So, he's a good player. I think sometimes we have to carry him and and what he can offer us in things like picking out that pass we then lose out on other aspects of it and you need someone who can do a bit of all of it. So look, he's not he's not the only reason we lost that game by any stretch. So I'm not going to just put all the blame on him. But I do think particularly if you're away from home, we need to think about exactly what that midfield looks like and, and whether it's going to get overrun. But as somebody said a little bit earlier, it's a case of everybody just looked a bit flat. It's a case of everybody just looked a bit drained. And that's a little bit concerning because as they said, we'd had the international break not that long ago. Yeah, um, Tony's saying, spot on, Nathan, we need a season's championship captain out there to pull the lads uh, together. Um, Sam's asking if there's any updates on Chucks. I, I, I've dropped the, the question in that I asked with um, Mickey on Tuesday, but basically it's, it's not going to be right till the end of the show, so obviously there is no update currently. Um, they're playing their cards close to their chest on that. Um, maybe we'll get some news tomorrow because it's Friday and he does his press conference on a Friday now, but... Uh, we'll, we'll see exactly what he says. Aaron, we looked deflated by about 60 minutes, if not before. Everyone looked like they were dead uh, on their feet. Uh, Gary tweeted me earlier. Um, Naif, do you agree there is too much pressure on young Leeburn from the fans? Unfortunately, he has so much uh, to learn. His hold-up play is dreadful when he very rarely uh, wins the ball in the air. So, I mean, interested in your answer to that. Interested also if you think, if I think, I think what I feared and what I said on Sunday sort of came to pass a little bit that, as soon as we lost Chooks to injury, we didn't have that ability to have 90 minutes worth of strikers ready to go. So Miles was was starting, you know, after 20 minutes, it wasn't really working for anyone. So he looked a bit bit isolated. Um, and then we didn't have Chucks to bring off the bench to give us some renewed vigour. So we have lost a bit of that, that secret ingredient that Mickey Apples had, which was the fact that he can introduce a very good League One striker from the bench, whether it be Chooks or, or Miles, who I still think is a very good League One striker. Oh, yeah, 100%. Percent, no doubt about it. I, th- I think if if Miles didn't score against Reading, I honestly think Telich would have started on Tuesday. I think Telich can count himself a bit unlucky. Really, he's been doing a job out on that right hand side, and we all know he's not going to be that speed demon and beating players and crossing the ball in. He's probably more along the lines of peeling off a, on a small left back and trying to win the knockdown. So, I, I, I thought I thought it was a bit. I naturally thought Telich would start on Tuesday, and then, like you say, have someone like Lieber and with pace, with power, to come off in the bench and if I'm honest I think Lieben yeah Lieben was a bit he looked a bit rusty you know he's still a young kid he's still learning not having a go but it weren't one of his greatest games nothing was sticking he was loosening his touches and you know he, he obviously he got pulled off after however many minutes but in terms of putting too much pressure on Lieben probably a little bit but I, I suppose it's one of those ones where we got to understand that he's young but at the same time it's not like it's a Carl and Grant scenario where it's a rabbit in the headlights and he looks like he's struggling. You know, he can pull his weight in this division like he's proven already. Um, he did have a slow start to the season. Um, so I think we've just got to be patient and just understand that people do have off days, like every single one of us do. Um, and I think that was one of the, those days on Tuesday. Mm, yeah, certainly. Right. Uh, evening to Carl. He's just joined us. First time for you. I hope you enjoy the show, mate. Let us know if you've got anything uh, you want to get off your chest with regards to the performance uh, on a Tuesday. Uh, I had a message from CFC fan 1905 earlier on today then. Um, he, he wants to know what on earth is going on with our waveform. So five without a win this season, um, only picking up two points out of the five. So obviously we've we've played eight home games. So our home form is actually not too bad at all. Um, our away form obviously isn't anywhere near where we need to be if we are going to be a team that's going to challenge. Tom, there's there's no simple fix for it. And as you said, I actually thought that the point away at Stevenage was not a bad point for Michael. The Shrewsbury game, not the best performance. Maybe we could have nicked it. We certainly could have lost it as well. Um, and, and now obviously Lincoln, where we've had a good 20 minutes and a, and a woeful 70. What what If there is an easy answer, Tom, lay it out to us now and then and then we'll send it to Mickey and, and jobs are good. Yeah, there isn't, sadly. But... Uh... I also think, look, the Oxford game, it sounded like or feels like Dean knew he needed to go for a win and otherwise may have set up slightly differently for the last few minutes. And the Peterborough game, I thought we were at spells in that game, the better side and had some good opportunities there. So very easy to make those as excuses. The truth is we've lost those games. 
But uh, yeah, I don't think there is an easy thi- fix. I think going back to my last point, I think it's a case of setting up slightly differently, um, being more adaptable. What worries me is that's been the case under numerous different managers of differing levels of experience. Now, Michael Appleton's probably one of the most experienced at this level in recent times, factoring in all those recent managers we've had. And so if anybody can sort that out, you would think he would be one of those that can. So that gives me some confidence. Um, what doesn't is obviously the fact that we haven't picked up an away win under him yet. So it's it's not an easy fix. That's the truth. There is no, there is no easy answer. But I think the stuff that between the three of us we've spoken about, about having some sort of leader, about having a few more um, gritty players in there, about being more flexible with our formation. All of those things probably have to count. Uh, and also, on we have to be on our day. We have to be on our game. I know we've said potentially the league's easier, but that doesn't make it easy. It's just easier than perhaps it was last year. Or there's not so many big teams. But you go away to somebody like Lincoln, they're still going to set up a certain way. They're still going to make it difficult for us. And so we have to find a way around that. And things like a Scott Fraser pass can unpick a defence like that, but you need a little bit more and just haven't really been showing that enough yet. Um, Mm. So, yeah, something for him to figure out and hopefully soon. Yeah, right. Scott says, uh, yeah, and and he's correct. MK Dons was our last away win uh, when Jack Payne scored. Do you remember the game after Macaulay Bond was uh, was dropped for liking a post on Instagram? Sorry, that's the sort of stuff that happens with us, isn't it? Um, Michael says, poor away form is a symptom of not being that good. Yeah, and... I, I, I don't like get carried away. We're early in the season. I, I was chatting with someone pitch side and I was chatting with the Bolton boys yesterday. Like, if we're a proper top six, if we're a top six side this season, I feel like we're, we're a top six side that would scrape in and not, not do what Bolton have done last year and actually dominate enough games and looked a class above consistently. You know, I mean, it, it, even Michael will, will say it himself. I remember interviewing him after maybe his fourth game where it had been, you know, results wise, a good start, but there were bits of the performances that he wants to pick up still. And there's still, I think bits of the performances that we need to control better to show that we are a team that can be consistently good in, in this division, you know, full, you know, 90 minute performances, that sort of stuff. So I, I still think there's work to be done there. And Aaron uh, pointing out, we commit so many men forward. I mean, that's Sorensen. He, he must have fought all these birthdays and Christmases and, and everything that come at once the amount of space he had in behind, in behind Terrell um, on the right-hand side, the amount of space he had on the edge of our box from set pieces was a bit concerning as well. But yeah, poor Terrell, you know, we, we've said he's, he's doing his best to do a job out of position. Um, certainly on Tuesday, Nath, I imagine he was wishing he, he wasn't, basically. I imagine he was wishing he was being asked to, to play his natural position because he was exposed time and again. Yeah, he was, you know, and like I say, you know, he's not, um, it's not his favourite position, but he can play there. I don't think he's going to get any respite on um, Saturday because I think 40% of Bolton's attacks come from their right-hand side. Um, so I think he's going to have his work cut out again. But then you look at the flip, so if I put a positive on it, you've then got Corey on that side as well. So are they going to be that adventurous? But, you know, someone said, I can't remember who said it, uh, Aaron, who said about committing people forward. And it ties nicely, dovetails into that point about is it a away formation? On that transition... Look, if you Scott Fraser is naturally a person that gets forward, so that we we can we get played through so easy, and a team like Bolton, who what eighty five percent of all their passes are short, and through the thirds, it's going to be difficult on Saturday. So he's going to have to try and set up a little bit more structurally to protect Terrell because Terrell's going to have his work cut out, and we've got no one to um, come in there at the moment unless you put Nathan out there. But he's still a youngster; he's still learning. You put Tenai out there. I don't know how long Eden's out for. I see he was training the other day, but how long is that going to work? So they're the cards we're dealt with at the moment. And we've got to find a way of, of getting around it. You know, it's, it's, what you're going to mm. play free at the back and put Corey at left wing back again. No, thank you. So um, he's, he's, he's going to have his work cut out, but he can only do, he's trying his best, you know, like it's not his favorite position, but we've got to try and protect him as much as we can against very good teams, which we've got one on Saturday. Mm. Right, let's have a listen to what uh, Michael Appleton had to say uh, after the defeat uh, up at Lincoln. Uh, undefeated start comes to an end, unfortunately, here at Lincoln. What did you make of tonight's game? <clears throat> yeah, not much. Obviously, very frustrating. Um, you don't mind sort of losing games of football if you've seen a, um, a desire and an application from your players to really want to try and compete with the opposition. Um, 
thought we fell short in that area tonight. Um, they certainly won a lot of battles, a lot of duels, um, which enabled them to sort of, from a territory, territory point of view, play in our half of the pitch. And I think once you do that with sides like Lincoln, who are very aggressive, um, you, you, you put yourself in a lot of danger. You mentioned you've been pleased with how your side had recovered from setbacks since you've you've arrived at the Valley, but it's, it didn't seem to really react the, the way you would have hoped this evening. No, it didn't. And, you know, you could argue that the third goal sort of killed the game off tonight and it, it certainly clearly did because that's how it ended up. But even when the second goal went in, I was a little bit concerned just that we didn't look like we could get back into it and that was a little bit concerning. Um they have been on a good run, the lads. I can't sort of fault the way they've applied themselves in the last six or seven weeks. Um, there's been a question mark over it tonight, but listen, that's all it is at this moment in time. It's a question mark. I'd like to think that we'll get a positive response on Saturday and, um, yeah, put in a performance similar to what we have done recently. I guess your first defeat is always a good chance to learn a bit more about the squad that you've only recently taken over as well. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, it's one of them where... There's been times this, this in this sort of like short spell that I've had since been in the club where, you know, we've not been great at times and we've had to dig in and we've had to deal with a little bit of pressure, but we found a way of doing that. Um, and tonight could have been an op- another opportunity to do that, and we didn't. And that's what we need to look into. Why did we not have the response that we've had in previous games? And we'll do that. And hopefully, you know, if we ever get ourselves and put ourselves in that position again, we can do do a better job of it. And it came off the back of such a good start as well. It was an excellent goal that your side scored and looked dangerous in that, in that opening quarter going forward. Yeah, and we stopped sort of passing the ball behind him and down the side of him and started playing the ball in front of him again, which was a little bit of a criticism I had first coming into the football club, having watched the, the first few games of the season. Um, and when you do that, you make it easy for the opposition, especially when the players are five. You know, they just drop into a five straight away. You make life easier for them. So, um, yeah, it's something that we can sort of look at and make sure that, you know, we, we we continue to, you know, work with the success that we had in the early part of the game. It felt like it was a step forward with the defending on Saturday, obviously with a clean sheet, but I guess the, the, the manner of a couple of the goals this evening might have been frustrating. Very, very frustrating, yeah. Um, I've got no doubt, you know, there's one or two players in the dressing room will be disappointed in sort of the manner of how we conceded and um, and I'd agree, and agree, you know, we they're almost soft goals, you know, you, you don't mind someone scoring a worldie or them opening you up but you know when we're conceding them type of goals you know I'd like to think that we had a little bit more about us Sorensen in particular seemed to find a lot of space in behind the, the defence tonight because he was prepared to run you know at the end of the day it just goes to show if you're prepared to run and be aggressive and run without the ball they're the type of things that can happen I think we've done that in a lot of the games I think we've been quite aggressive and been able to do that clearly we didn't do it as much as they did tonight and they got the, the rewards there we go. That's Michael speaking to me after the game at Lincoln on Tuesday uh, evening. Just a couple of messages before we go to the advert break. Um, Phil said, hi, guys. Uh, disappointing night up in Lincoln. Our soft underbelly rearing its ugly head again. However, people have got to realise the owners came in very late in the transfer window. And this is definitely not Mickey Apple's team. He's inherited it. Uh, talented uh, though it is. But yeah, we can't waste another season saying this isn't the manager's team. You know, this was the ownership who chose the last manager as well. And <laughs> You know, we've ended up where we are, you know, and, and as um, Andy Scott said, you know, uh, in one of his interviews, which I thought was actually a very good interview earlier on in, in the season, you know, this, this club has accepted mediocrity for too long. Like, that's not an excuse. And, and they, you know, promotion is the aim. My, uh, that's been said again by Andy Scott. So they will, that's how they will be judged, this ownership. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I can't take another season just going, oh, you know, managers only come in after every season. We can't keep doing that. This is League One. And Charlton, we need to put more performances together. And hopefully, you know, let, let's not get carried away. That was the first defeat uh, in a while. Hopefully it will be better. Clive said, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> uh, was Appleton forced to rest the two Watsons or was that just a poor decision? Uh, unfortunately, Asimway fell short defensively and Fraser was not really at the races after half an hour. Uh, Hector and Thomas were found out again uh, against the best opposition we faced under Appleton. I don't think that either of them uh, will do well against the better sides like Bolton to come this weekend. Maybe give Ness and Chin another go, or is that too much of a risk? Uh, I think that might be risky as well, to be fair, because because youngsters. But um, uh, they do they have done well before. At least they have pace 
uh, which was so glaringly lacking uh, at the back. Blackett Taylor will give average defenders nightmares, but disappears from games when the, de- the defence has a measure of him. Uh, he does not seem to have a plan B and was noticeably absent for most of the match in spite of his excellent recent form. Thank goodness for Maynard Brewer. He was our man of the match, without whom uh, the score could have been very embarrassing. Uh, Tuesday has shown that we are not a top six side yet. However, uh, from recent performances, we can at least take heart from the fact this is still uh, the best situation, uh, both on and off the pitch. Uh, that we have been for a while. Excellent stuff. Cheers for your email. Right, let's have a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we will turn our attention to Saturday's home game with Bolton Wanderers. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police-checked fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk. Hello, fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Uh, just before the advert, Sarah, I said we were about to turn uh, our attention to the home game uh, with Bolton Wanderers at the Valley. So we're going to do that. Uh, right now with uh, Ryan uh, is going to join us on the show uh, from the uh, Trotter Chatter podcast, the CEO of the Trotter Chatter podcast. He claims to be <laughs> on, there, on his uh, bio there. Uh, evening, Ryan. How are you doing? Good evening. Uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. I've been uh, sitting quietly listening to what you've all got to say. And it, it, without the Southern accent, it generally could have been talking about Bolton Wanderers. So it's... Uh, <laughs> Rather much of a much, muchness, really, when we we expect highly from our team. Yeah, but thankfully for you guys, uh, you you've delivered a bit more than than we have. Um, you know, I was I was chatting with you chaps on, on your show last night. I said how impressed I have been with Bolton last year. Um, you know, I think it's only one defeat in your last five, was it? Um, they're on a good run, sitting in fourth. Have you rated the start of the campaign so far? So we've only had three defeats so far. One of them being against uh, Reading, where we we controlled the game well. We should have we should have won it and uh, let a lead slip. Uh, the one I don't really like to speak about so much is the um, the battering at home by Wigan. Obviously, our main rivals at the moment, and uh, obviously an embarrassing loss to Carlisle. Despite that, we've we've won games, but we've we've not done it easily. We, it, it's it. We started off really strong, um, playing playing the way that Everett wants us to play, passing the ball out from the back, controlling the game, controlling the possession. But it, it we've had a few injuries here and there, and it's it, it it hasn't quite worked out. So we've sort of had to win games ugly, but we're picking up the points, and that that's the difference. We're, we're picking up the points. We're two points off Autos at the minute, with a game in hand on a on a Portsmouth as well. So it's. Uh, I can't complain, but I somehow always find a way to complain about it. Hello, like hello, to be fair. Go on, yeah, it does. Hello, right. Yeah, just hello. I'm just going going back to sort of last year. Really, I remember seeing you, and then obviously you played us at our ground. You're very easy on the eye, very good to 
good to watch. So I know you're going to be up there or there or thereabouts. Um, obviously, we know how you're going to play, but if you had to, if you would have to highlight a weakness or how teams would actually play against you to try and beat you, what would you say your Achilles' heel is? I mean, ours is just defensively. So if you pass through the thirds, you're going to get chances. But what would you say if Cholton got a win? What would we have to do? Well, you, you you practically said it there in the in the first sentence. You know how we play. Like we, we uh, we're very very easy to defend against if you know how we play. Um, the the most of our points dropped last season and already this season against the the teams you'd like to be picking up wins against. They'll sit back. They'll let us do our thing. Pass around. Pass back to the centre back, which as as you can imagine, for some of the older viewers, they don't quite enjoy that. And then they'll get us on the counter. Obviously, you, you you have got some pacier players and you've got players and when they get the ball, they do know where the back of the net is. So, uh, without giving too much away, um, yeah, uh, if, um, and we have a, had a habit this season as well of when things aren't going our way to sort of lose lose that, that control. If we start a game strong, um, for example, against Wickham on Tuesday, um, it was the best football we've played all season and, and Wickham barely touched the ball. Wickham got an early goal in the second half and, and it changed the game completely. So an early goal and um, basically we are quite easy to defend against if 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 you, if you sit back, hold tight and wait for the opportunity to come to you. Ryan, I'm interested. Obviously, we just talk about Charlton on here. Um, a club like you, obviously... Ex Premier League as well tumbled down a bit like us. How does how do Bolton fans view a club like Charles? Do you feel like we're a big scalp at this level, or do you think that you know we've been here long enough now that actually we're we're not as big as we once were? Well, going back to what I was saying to to Louis yesterday when he came on our pod was um, we actually predicted Charlton to finish in the top two. Um, we 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 especially with the sort of the mon- the money that's been spent and um, the, the changes within within the team before they, they even kicked a ball, we expected quite a lot. Um, I think they're a respected side, obviously former Premier League, like you say. Um, I hate to throw around the word minnows, but we've we've had some backlash from some smaller sides before, and and when you're a team like Bolton Wonders, you expect yourself to go in and beat them, but your teams like Derby, Portsmouth, yourselves, you have, there is that little mutual respect there, I would think. Oh, that's nice to hear. Funnily enough, I was having this exact conversation at Lincoln on Tuesday, trying to see how, how other teams see us now, because um, I am I am curious. Like Obviously, I, I'd expect a Bolton or a Portsmouth or a Derby to think we're similar to their level, maybe slightly smaller than like Derby feel like a massive club still because the crowds they get, but you know, does a a Lincoln still see us as a big scalp? I don't know. I think, especially not after Tuesday, they won't. Um, tell us about your your danger men, Ryan. It's right at the end of the pod yesterday. I think it was Ben said you got um, was it Santos back, the big the big defender, yes. who has been absolute class the last couple of times we've seen him. Um, so he's playing well. Who else? Who else is playing well? So uh, you, you're very lucky that we're missing Kyle Dempsey due to an injury. He's one of our key players. Um, I was asked this by a Carlisle podcast, and we're sort of a we don't have as many star players this season, but we're a lot more of a team unit. So last season we had like Connor Bradley who came from Liverpool, we had James Trafford from City, and, and, and um, obviously quite a few players who played formerly in the Premier League. This year we we sort of have a bit more balance, so I think that the the, the quality that we have is that we, we perform better as a team. Mm-hmm. To um to not give you a politician's answer, I'll actually say who I could play. Dion Charles, obviously bagging this season, bagging last season. He can have an awful game, but still get a goal, and that's what that's what you want from your strikers. Who else have we got? Uh, um, Josh Sheehan at the minute is playing incredibly well. Uh, Welsh international at the minute, cut uh, two assists on Tuesday. Um, he's a he's a luxury footballer. But I think he's learnt, uh, since coming back from injuries, sort of adapting to the league and realizing you you have to bit have a bit of grit about you. Certainly him to watch out for. Obviously, obviously you mentioned Sam Tossi. Um, he he barely breaks a sweat some games. He sort of trots around and, and makes a mug of uh, the striker he looks after. I mean, he had Johnson Clark Harris in his pocket last season, and that that's a lot to say from a man of that size. So it's a that that that's the spine, I would say. Without without Kyle Dempsey, it's those those three players. And just one one final one for me, Ryan. So obviously you predicted Charlton to finish second early in the year, which 
That's very nice of you. Thank you. That's not happening. But um, in terms of uh, just on that, if you look at the league how it's sort of panned out now, mm-hmm. had do you do you see it as an it's been it's been a, a common theme in all sort of podcasts is is this league this season a lot easier to be promoted from than previous seasons because we knew we know Bolton's going to be up all there or thereabouts, but Pompey have made a a great start. But do you find it a weaker league than last year? I do. I think it's still incredibly close, even though we're approaching November. I think when you look at the way Ipswich play and they've gone up and they're playing great championship football, Plymouth the same, obviously not so much Sheffield Wednesday, but the way they played last season. Um, I think it leaves, uh, and the teams that have come down who have sort of struggled financially and stuff, I think, yeah, I think it is a weaker league and Bolton haven't been brilliant. We've been picking up the points, but they've not been brilliant and it makes me think when things for, like sort of click into place for us, if they do, we, we could walk this lead because it, it is easier. Uh, even Derby County haven't kicked on the lab there at the minute and there's a few teams who you'd expect more from. Um, the fact Oxford are up there and Stevenage makes, sort of makes me think, yes. And last for me, Ryan, and it kind of feeds into what you've just said there, I think Barnsley, the only team to score more than you, but I don't yeah. think I think you've conceded a lot more than the teams around you, and we're pretty similar. I think there's only three or four sides that have scored more than us, despite us being sort of mid-table. So, is it too easy a question to say expect an open game and expect a lot of goals on Saturday? Yeah, well, that's sort of our strongest thing about last season was we barely conceded any goals. We were so solid at back, uh, and we're having a lot more soft soft goals. I would say so. Um, We've got goals in us coming from midfield as well. Um, like we've uh, we have like a, a prediction league table on our podcast, and a, a few of the guys. One of them's put two two, one of them's put three all. We had a three two in there, so yeah, we, we, we're expecting that. Yeah, I think I put I said two two when when we spoke yesterday, didn't I as well, Ryan? Um, I, I'm expecting an open game and. Hopefully, uh, well, hopefully one where we pick up some points, unlike uh, most of our recent games with you guys. Um, Ryan, it's uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, just uh, let everyone know where you, where your podcast is and where, where they can listen to it if they want to get a Bolton perspective of the game. So we're the, we're, we're the Trotter Chatter podcast. We're available on uh, Spotify, Amazon Music and all your other other audio streaming platforms. We also do a match preview on YouTube. Um, kind of Louis joined us on our most recent one, but yeah. If you want to hear some uh, northern dulcet tones and uh, a bit of uh, a bit of light banter, you can you can come and give us a listen. That's pretty much everything we have on our show, minus the, uh, the well the northern dulcet tones and the banter, really. But excellent, Ryan. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, no. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Uh, enjoy watching your side, which I'm sure you will. Thank you very much. Cheers, lads. Cheers. You go. That's Ryan, the CEO of uh, Trotter Chatter, uh, who joined us on uh, Charlton Live this week to look ahead to the game uh, with uh, Bolton. Uh, at the Valley on Saturday. Let's hear from Michael Appleton ahead of the game. Obviously, he's not doing his press day properly until um, tomorrow, but I did ask Michael for a quick preview uh, ahead of the game uh, when I spoke to him on Tuesday. It's back against a very good Bolton side on Saturday. Yeah, it will. And obviously, with it being at the Valley gives us, um, obviously, hope, really, in, in the sense that, you know, we've been good. Performances have been pretty good at the Valley of late. And, um, you know, we know what we're up against. We know they're a decent side, but, you know... We know that we can compete and, 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 and beat sides in this division who are supposed to be right up there and favourites, and that's what we'll look to do on Saturday. It could be a confidence booster as well to see how you sort of match up against a side who have been good over the last few years as well. Yeah, no, listen, there's, there's three or four teams in the league that have been very, very consistent over the last five or six seasons, and obviously Bolton are one of those. And, um, you know, I think everyone at the start of the season sort of fancied them to be there or thereabouts. And, Clearly they are, and um, it'll be a good indication of sort of how far we are in terms of being able to compete at the top end of this league but on a regular basis. Just finally, um, I know you only had the scan today, so is there any update on Chooks yet? No, not really, no. We'll know more towards the end of the week, and um, you know he, he's going to get a couple of different sort of films on it to see you know, if there's any different type of variation and... Um, I can't see it being one of them where he just has one sort of film and one one scan because obviously hamstrings they do bleed and you, you get sometimes um, not as accurate as uh, result as you probably want. So um, yeah, towards the end of the week we'll have a little bit more clarity for you. 
There we go. Um, so, yeah, you heard the bit about Chooks and EK just towards the end there. So we, we don't have that clarity yet, but obviously they're, they're looking into whatever the situation is with Chooks. Um, you know, obviously, fingers crossed, we wish him all the very best. But um, if he was to be absent and, and likely will be absent on Saturday, based on what we just heard there, Tom, how, how do we go around that then? Who starts up top, you know, after Miles started on Tuesday, do we go that way again? Does Tedic get a start up top? Does Alfie May go into the, the forward forward role and someone else go in at 10? Which way do you see that going? I think based on based on what we said on Sunday and then based on the fact that that Santos is around, I don't think having Tedic up top would be the worst thing in the world. I think he brings physicality and he brings hard run in there. And maybe if he can keep a couple of their uh, centre-backs kind of with their hands full, that might free up a little bit of space in front of them for the likes of, of Alfie May and Corey to to run into. So I think going back to what you guys were saying earlier about Lieber maybe not being able to quite hold it up the way you'd like, then I think that would be an exciting option. Uh, and just generally, even before thinking about Saturday, I'd said on Sunday show that I think I'd quite like to see Tedic get a go down the middle. I think if Chucks hadn't pulled up, I think he would have been tailor-made to go up there and, and compete in that sort of thing. So it's, it's a shame we haven't got him. But as we've been saying, we have got strength off the bench. And I think if you bring a Miles Lieburn on against a tired Bolton defence, if we are still in the hunt or, or we're looking to get something from the game, then that's an option too. So it's a slightly bold call. He's obviously a loney. We haven't seen him try and do that role yet for us. But I'd quite like to see Tedic up, up top in the middle, I think. Yeah, and well, obviously the back line is going to come into question. Loads of comments in, in the chat. Um, all hell let loose. They're saying, how many changes do we need to make? Uh, and and would one of those changes be Hector? Uh, Joseph saying, I have little faith in Hector. I think he's lazy at the preseason game against Aberdeen. I thought he was unfit, but now I think just not good enough. I mean, I don't like to call players lazy, obviously, but you know, certainly the, the tracking back was was a bit mistimed on uh, in midweek. Um, you know, all hell let loose saying it took Hector a very long time to re-sign this summer. So perhaps his heart uh, isn't with us. Joseph saying if he wants to leave, he's got to play better to get clubs interested in him. Um, yeah, the, there's certainly scope for change at the back. But is, is there the, the depth in that position? Yeah, that was the one bit I have said this this season. You know, I, th- I think we're well stacked pretty much everywhere other than defence, where if, if Heck isn't on form, you know, which, which he hasn't been, obviously, um, or, or Jones is injured, then we're looking at quite a young list of backups, unless Terrell obviously can come into the middle, but he's not played great. You know, he's had hit and miss games at left back. He's had some okay games. He's had games like Tuesday. Then, then you're looking at James Abankwa, who we haven't seen yet at centre-half. And, and Lucas Ness, who was good last season, look, look, looked his age a little bit at the start of this season, albeit in a side that everyone didn't look great at the start of the season. Nave. So, I mean, are you, is there scope for change there? Um, I, uh, I mean, in defence, the only change I'd make was Nathan coming out and Tanaya coming in, or Tene, however you say it. Um, that's the only change I would do. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that Hector deserves to start. I'm just saying, as you've just touched on there, I just think going in against a good, a good ruthless side like Bolton, shoving in a James Abanquo and Lucas Ness, you know, straight away, I just think it can backfire. But who knows, he might do it and Ness could have a game of his life. I just think it's a bit of a risk. Um, it just makes that, the, the, the point I was making earlier about the lack of leadership, it'll make it even worse. If, if do you know what I mean? So uh, for me, I think, yeah, maybe Nathan going out, I'd probably put Louis Watson back in for Fraser and um, yeah, Tedich to come in for, for, for miles. I just think Alfie needs to be in and around that deeper role to, to, to start that press on their, their pivots. And they, let's have it right. You can't have Ricardo Santos against Alfie May and put, if you can't put Alfie May up top and put him against Ricardo Santos, Jesus Christ. That's just like, just cruelty. So, um, yeah, that's why I'd have a couple of changes, but nothing for the centre arse for me, mate. Well, it's interesting. I mean, because Scott sees it differently and, and I actually think he makes a, a, a fair point. So if you, if you, if you're literally got May and Santos going for long balls and trying to nod it down, I mean, that's going to be a disaster. But Scott's saying, if we play May up top, seeing if he can drag Santos out of position, play Fraser in the 10, get Watson or Pan and Dobbo uh, as two uh, of the holders. So maybe looking at it slightly differently, which which is um, an interesting point. Um, Sam saying um, it's a massive game on Saturday. We really need a response from Tuesday. Just hope that Mickey has come uh, with a strong squad and, and, and tactics. Yeah, litmus test, I guess. You know, we, we So let, let, let's look at the sides we've, we've played recently in and around sort of the top end of the table. 
Um, so obviously we, we lost to Oxford earlier on in the season. Uh, we, we had a half decent second half against them, but you know, we were woeful in the first half. Bolton, we'll find out against on Saturday. Peterborough again, it was early in the season, but second half we sort of came back into it, weren't bad. Blackpool in a sixth, you know, we got a point against uh, having been pretty average perhaps for, for spells of that game. Steven is the same. Lincoln are in ninth, who who obviously we've been beaten by now. Wickham, who we did beat. So if we want to make a statement, I guess, which is kind of what I want, I want to to see if we are proper top six contenders, you know, equals with Bolton, then it it has to be this Saturday, Tom. It has to be, you know, to to get me... Get me believing again, you know, one 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 result it may be, but it, it's more about some of the performances, even in during the unbeaten run. We haven't been as dominant as a nailed on top six side wants to be. So I, 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 want, I, want, I want it to be proven to me. I mean, if we go and smash them off the park, then then I'll be delighted. But if we scrap some last minute goal, I'll be equally delighted if it wins us the game. So I think going back to your point earlier, I know we spoke about whether we could still make the playoffs on Sunday show. And it is still very early days, but I think largely we think we could get there. I also agree with your point that if we do, we will scrape in. I don't think we're going to go on one of those Bowyer end of season star runs where we're just knocking sides aside for fun. So it is going to have to be scrappy. We are going to have to fight with these teams. But as you've said there with a lot of those results, we have, we have fought for some of them. I know we've got a couple of defeats in there, but I think there's, mitigating circumstances certainly for a couple of them as to why that's happened but as you say beating Wickham the draw at Blackpool there was a period in that game where I thought we were going to win about 10-2 because of the way we were playing we've had opportunities um so yeah like I said I'm not I'm not overly concerned about Tuesday night in particular I'm concerned about Saturday because we're playing a very good Bolton side but our home record is very very good and the way we set up lends itself to, to playing at home and if if uh, Ryan's right and it is going to be an open game and they are going to come and, and give us a go, then, you know, we've just got to be on the right side of that sort of scoreline. And that's the way we've been playing at home recently. It's not like we've been keeping a lot of clean sheets at home. There has been a lot of conceding goals and more often than not, we've scored one more than the opposition. So we've got form for that. And and I think, as you said, if we can get that win, I think obviously it depends on other results, but there's the potential of being just a couple of pints off the playoffs and, Suddenly everything's looking a little bit a little bit brighter again. So, yeah, one one bad defeat doesn't mean you know we're out of it yet. It's still very early days, but I think this is a really good litmus test of where this squad is under Michael Appleton, which perhaps the certainly the hardest test we've had under him, and perhaps the first proper one to have a look at where we are compared to a side that we know are very very good. Yeah, as Michael says in the chat, they they did lose to Reading uh, earlier on in the season away. Uh, so if we we beat Reading four 0 Football maths uh, is a thing, which surely it must be. We we will win, which we hope. Uh, good point by All Hell Let Loose, which has probably gone a little bit under the radar because we've not had trouble scoring goals this season. But we haven't had any uh, from our defence uh, so far this season. Terrell did try and put that right, didn't he, on, on Tuesday night, right at the end of the game where he uh, sort of danced beyond a couple of tackles and put a shot out for a throw. And it's just summed up the evening quite nicely, really. But so is that is that a major concern at this point, Nath? Um you know, seen, I'll try, have we had a goal-scoring centre-half recently? Maybe Ryan <laughs> had a couple of headers, but yeah, not for a yeah. while. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean, really. <clears throat> we haven't really been threatening since set, set pieces since Ryan Innes has left, really. Um, and I don't think we've been very glamorous in scoring set-piece goals in recent years gone by anyway. But um, uh, is it surprising? Uh, is it worrying? Possibly, I think. But the, there's enough spread around at the moment with Alfie and... Tyrese and, and and Miles and that sort of stuff that the, the goals are getting spread around. I don't think scoring goals is our problem. It's the other side. So <clears throat> I take them defending better and not scoring than them scoring and still defending badly. So um, I just think we need to just focus on that defensive side. And as you both said, I think Saturday's going to be a really, really open game. We're not going to sit back like Ryan mentioned about um, other teams, you know, that, the, that, that they, they'd lost to. We're not going to sit there. We're going to have a go. So I can see a lot of goals. Um, and hopefully we just can do one more than them, like Tom just said. Yeah, right. Nil-nil coming up. Right. Final point. Sam says, uh, my final point is there's an opportunity for the management staff to get a positive response uh, as this is our first defeat under these guys. And that's the, the way we, we've got to look at it. You know, chance to bounce back. Let's see what we're really made of. Um, you know, let, let's, let's hope we've got something about us uh, that we can... 
show to Bolton on Saturday. Right, we've come to the end of this week's uh, Big Match Preview. Massive thanks to everyone uh, who's joined us live in the chat or caught up uh, via the podcast or via the uh, YouTube page afterwards. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and our podcast stream. Check out our merch store as well, charltonlive.ac.com. Uh, buy that special Charlton fan in your life, a Charlton Life, uh, Charlton Live mug for Christmas because Christmas is just around the corner and, and everyone wants a Charlton Live mug. Uh, for that thanks to ryan from trotter chatter who joined us earlier pleasure to speak to him massive thanks uh, to nathan who's returned from the country to ruin our uh, good run and and tom who has probably done the same for being honest cheers guys cheers all cheers lads absolute pleasure to speak to you so i'm louis mendez thanks for listening to charlton live sponsored by the british institute of kitchen bedroom and bathroom installation don't forget we'll be back on sunday 10 a.m on youtube to look back at the bolton game we look forward to speaking to you then <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.